When I first came to Bellevue, they had this, like, test that they gave me to see, like, where I landed on the spectrum as far as, like, um, uh, like what drives me, goal-driven, uh, whether it's detail-driven, people-driven, that kind of different thing, to kind of, like, nail down what's your natural personality and identity. Some of that thing, like, they got tests now called the Enneagram. Anyone familiar with the Enneagram at all? Okay, all right, there's three college students in the room. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so uh, it's another test they do to kind of find out your personality and stuff. And I remember that people are all looking to find out, like, what sets them apart? What's unique about you? And if I were to go through the whole room and ask you, like, what's unique about yourself? Like, I would tell you this. There's no one in the room that is identical to another person. Every one of you have been created and fashioned in a unique way that's fitted to you. Even if you have a twin in the room right now, you and the twin are different in a variety of ways. You may have some similarities in how you look, but how you're crafted and made is different. I tell you that because I didn't start to realize how I was unique and different until middle school. Whenever I started realizing how odd I was and unique I was and awkward I was at times. And uh, I just want to level with you real quick for all of my middle school family out there. I need you to know like you are in this unique stage of life where you are not really a kid anymore. Like if someone refers to you as a kid, it's almost like, I'm not a kid, you know, like I'm a little more than a kid now. But you're also not an adult yet. You're not like, hey, like I'm, you know, driving cars around everywhere. You know, like you're not like there yet. You're in this in-between middle season of life. And I'm going to be honest, you're going through a lot of changes in middle school. You're also growing and maturing in middle school. And I just want you to realize this. In this season right now, is whenever I began in middle school to become self-aware of myself, and many of you probably are in that same season where you're becoming self-aware and learning what's normal and what's not normal. You're learning what's cool and what's not cool. You're learning what's accepted and not accepted. And you're learning about, like every day it feels like it's almost a trial run of learning what fits in and what doesn't. And I'll be honest, I just want you all to know as middle school students, that is so normal. Like, that is normal. Every one of you are in a level playing field of figuring out and learning things in middle school right now. But I also realized in middle school, in that season, when I started to become more aware of myself, I also found myself in a place where I was dissatisfied with who I was. I was dissatisfied. I was not content with the person Corey was. I wanted to talk as smooth as the guys that were in eighth grade that year. I wanted to um, have the right clothes. I wanted to um, fit in. I wanted to not be, you know, the outcast at certain moments. And I remember in middle school, I played on the basketball team for my church league. And I was literally the shortest guy on my team. Take even a step further, there were 60 guys in the league. I was the shortest guy sixth grade year in the entire league. 60 other kids, I'm the shortest, you know? And I, I'm not kidding. If there was anyone who wanted to be taller, it was Corey O'Hara, okay? Lord, why did you make me so short? Like, why? I asked that many times whenever I was in middle school. Tonight, I want to go to Psalm 139. And I want to talk about and hopefully give clarity to some of you in the room and instill some confidence in you that God created you with a plan and a purpose that's bigger and better than being the tallest on the team, by being the best talker in the group, or fill in the blank. 
God created every single one of you in a special way. So, let's dig in to Psalm 139. Verse 13 says this, For you, were formed, or for you, God, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Tonight, if you're taking notes with me, I've got two points for you. And the first one is this. You are created by God. Everyone say, you are created by God. I don't believe y'all really believe that one. So someone should know, I want you to look to your person that's one of your neighbors. And I want you to tell them, look them in the eyes and say, you are created by God. Now look at your other neighbor and tell them, you are created by God. Yes. God, from the very beginning, has set his affections on you. From the moment you are in your mother's womb, being crafted and made by God, his affections, his heart, his hands, and his plans were all over your life. And this is what we see in Scripture. I'm going to give you 10 verses, 10 truths to know and to to prove that God has set his love and affections all over you. The first one is this. You are a reflection of God. That's That's seen in Genesis 1, verse 27. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Don't miss it. God chose to create you in the image of his own character, in the reflection of his own personality, in the image of God. Second thing is this. We're going to go through these a little bit fast. You are loved by God. God loves you even while you are an enemy is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, an enemy of God. It says you have been loved by him. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners— Christ died for us. God loves you. You are loved by God. The third one is this. You are valued by God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Such a good passage. Another one is you are made new by God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about how if anyone's in Christ, they're a brand new creation in him. The old has passed away and the new has come. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says you are commissioned by God. God has given you a mission to go and take the gospel to the nations. You've been commissioned by God. You were filled by God. God chose to indwell in your hearts the Holy Spirit as a tool to take the gospel to the nations. God has filled you up with the Holy Spirit to accomplish everything that he's called you to do. You are protected by God. I sat with pastors today. Our brother Steve was in the room and about nine other pastors. And Derek Ewalt stood up and shared from what he was learning in his own quiet time from Psalm 91. And it says over and over again about this, these four terms that know God by, by the Most High, by the, the Almighty, by the Lord, and by God. He says when you come home in this personal way, you realize that God is going to protect you. You see the person of God and the protection of God. And he listed out eight different promises that God would deliver, protect, and bless, and minister. 
And you see it over and over again that God is layering up protection over you. God is protecting every one of you. Another one is this right here. He says, you are resourced by God. It says in Luke about how God provides for the ravens and the birds. How much more does he value you to provide for everything that you have in your life? He says in Psalm 1, I quote this verse all the time, but blessed is the man who walks not in the way of the wicked. And it goes to a couple more. And then he said, but he is delighted in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water, bearing its fruit in each season. Its leaf never withers, and it prospers in all that he does. I'm telling you, you are blessed by God. And then finally, I can go to is Ephesians 2.8. You are saved by God. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through God. So guys, I tell you that because I can stand up here and tell you you are awesome all day long. But who cares what Corey says? <laughs> Someone said everybody. That is not true. Very much polite of you, but not true. I can say that, but that doesn't matter. My words are going to fade away. But what if I told you God says you're awesome and he proves it by these 10 truths that he blesses you, he provides for you, he protects you, he chose to create you in his own image, he forgives you of your sin, he resources you with everything you need, he decides to fill you with his Holy Spirit and commission you for his mission. Like God has placed ultimate and great value all over your life, students. We get caught up so much looking at others and people around us and we're jealous of what they have or we want to be like them and we miss out that God chose you. He chose to fashion you and create you exactly how he did. And he's proven his love for you and how awesome you are by the way that he has blessed and ministered to you in your life. I'm telling you, students, it's so important for you to realize that what God's word says is a direct example that God thinks you're amazing. He would not have died on a cross for you if he didn't think you were worth it. So why do you keep doubting God's creation in your life? Why do you doubt the way God created you? Why do you question why you're not so-and-so and so-and-so? When God chose directly to fashion you 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, Students, second point tonight is like the first. Not only are you created by God, but you are created by God. <laughs> it's the same point, but capitalized in the wrong spot. You are created by God. Let's move the spotlight off of Cole Gregory and let's put it on God Almighty. Y'all with me? Let's move the spotlight off of the person in the chair right there, wherever you're sitting at, and let's move it to the one who sits on the throne above. And let's look at what the verse says. This is what it says here. It says, Psalm 139, in verse 14, he says, I praise 
You, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. If you think that Psalm 139 is about you and how you've been formed and crafted in a certain way, you are missing the mark. I'm telling you, Psalm 139 is all about how awesome and amazing our God is. It's not about how fearfully and wonderfully you're made. It's about how worthy our God is to be feared and in awe of. He says in the beginning of Psalm 139, God, you know all my ways, you know all my thoughts, you know everything about me. He says later on, where can I go that you're not there? If I go to the depths, you are there. If I go to the heights, you are there. If I go to the darkest of dark places, you are there. And he says, God, you created me before the foundations of the world. What he's saying, David is saying in this psalm, he's saying, God, you are awesome. You are worthy. You are amazing. There was an author I was reading, her name was Jen, and she was talking about how she went to San Francisco and they went to a place called Moir Woods and they went and saw some redwood trees. These are what redwood trees look like. Yeah, those are huge, okay? So they're some of the tallest trees, some of the largest trees. They are typically over at least 500 years old, but there's some that are like dating even back over 2,000 years old, these trees are. Let's go to the next picture. You see another one right here? Yeah, these guys are all touring around, checking out these huge trees. These aren't as big as the other one. Let's go one more. And boom, look at these guys. Yeah, those are like younger than you guys, but not much, okay? All right, these guys are a little bit younger, and they are, can't even get their arms around the tree. These things are huge. They're massive. And what she said was, my family, we were all touring around these redwoods, walking through, and what she saw was this, everyone was just looking up in awe and wonder. Can you imagine standing next to that tree right there, like that huge tree, just standing and looking up at how amazing it is? She said she was walking around, everyone is just awestruck. They got their cameras out, they're like taking photos and stuff. But then there was this little eight-year-old girl. And this is what she was doing. She was standing beside one of the largest trees in the area, and she had her phone out, and she was looking down. And what ended up happening was, in the middle of everyone being awestruck and in wonder of the redwoods, she was missing out because she was looking down at what was going on here. Students, we can be so caught up in looking at our talents or our likes on Instagram or our follower count or who's watching us or the applause of the people around us that we miss out on the only one who's worthy of applause. When we get caught looking down at what we're missing or what we want different or what we want changed, man, we just we take the spotlight off of the one who really deserves it. I'm challenging students, if you want to really find out your true, like, significance, your worth, look up to the God of all creation and be in awe and wonder of him. And it will shape the way you see yourself because you'll see that the one who is in charge of all of creation chose to, in the details, form and create and knit you in a special way. God has big plans for your life. God used a man who was Moses, who would look around and say, God, I am not the one to go and talk to Pharaoh. I can't even speak well. And he's like, no, I'm going to use your inabilities to give me glory. Whenever Sarah was called to give birth to a man, a little boy named um, Isaac, right? I'm making sure I'm saying it right. Abraham and Isaac, yes. Isaac, Sarah was 
She was barren. She could not have kids. God chose a woman that was created who could not have kids to be the one who would give the kids to all the future generations of Israel. Like he used the imperfections to boast of what God can do. I think about the stories of Peter, this goofy fisherman that God would pull out of the fishing business to become a fisher of men, making disciples and preaching to the whole new world. I think about Saul, who was this murderer in the church that God would pull out to become a, not a murderer, but a martyr for the kingdom. Someone who would be persecuted for the kingdom, preaching the gospel. Guys, your imperfections are perfectly woven together by God for his glory and his kingdom. And it's not until you look up at God will you truly realize that. I tell you students all of that because here's the deal. At the end of the day, if you're not in awe of God, if you're not starstruck by the maker of the stars, then you're going to continue to be disappointed in who you are because you find yourself worth in what you can do and what you can accomplish or what you can be. The spotlight was never supposed to be on you. The spotlight's always supposed to be on the Lord. You'll find comfort. You will find that when you see your insignificance in creation, check it out, when you see your insignificance in creation, you will find your significance in the Creator. When you see how small you are, when you look up to the redwoods and you see how small you are, when you look up to the night skies and see stars galore, you will realize this. I am so small. I am, I am just a speck on the timeline of eternity. Yet God looks down at you and says, no, 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 no. I have fearfully and wonderfully made you in a special and creative way for my glory, to reflect my character, and to extend my kingdom, I'm going to use you in a mighty and powerful way. So students, I want to challenge you with this tonight. You're about to go to your small groups, and they got some discussion questions. You should all get in a paper in a minute, and your leader's going to explain this more, but I want you to write down a leader. Leader's actually going to give you a question. I don't want to give it now. I'm going to let your leaders give it to you, but I want you to write down, follow along what they're talking about, and my goal for you tonight is this, is that you would walk away with a better understanding that God has created, with believing that God created you exactly how he wants you to, and he's got big plans for you down the road. But all of them revolve around God getting the glory, not us. May you walk away, have a better truth, a better identity of who God has created you to be.